Welcome to Folklore Friday. A werewolf can be killed only with a silver bullet. Because I'm the chosen one and there are vampires? You are the boy who lived. You made us what we are, didn't you? You in danger, girl. Magic. Witches aren't real. Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. I myself am strange and unusual. Have you ever wondered where some of the holiday traditions come from? There are so many traditions during the holiday season that I personally get very curious where they came from. For example, holly. When I see holly berries with pointy leaves, I immediately think Christmas. When I was a cake decorator, I was so excited when I first made holly berries and leaves with frosting. It was so quick and easy, and it would add an adorable Christmas flair to anything I was decorating. I like learning how old traditions came to be. When I learned that some traditions go back hundreds or even thousands of years, it makes me feel a connection with those that have gone before us. There's something magical to me about being able to share a connection with the past, a connection to my ancestors or to other people in other cultures that use possibly the same decoration for different reasons. I think that's why I'm so curious about the origins of traditions, customs, and practices, because I find the history fascinating. I feel a deeper connection to the past it's like I'm experiencing part of their story. So here's a little I learned about Holly that I got from altogetherchristmas.com. Holly and ivy have been used as winter decorations since ancient times. Adorning homes with these plants freshened the air and their greenery reminded occupants of the coming spring. While the cold, dark days of winter turned much of the landscape dreary, many varieties of holly and ivy remained green year-round, signifying eternal life, and the bright red berries of some holly plants were cheerful spots of color. Additionally, holly trees and shrubs and the ornamental vine ivy were each believed to have magical properties. In many ancient cultures, the howling icy winds in the nights of winter 
were believed to be ghosts and demons. Decorating with holly and ivy was thought to ward off these evil spirits. In Norse mythology, holly was associated with Thor, god of thunder, and holly plants grown by the home were thought to prevent lightning strikes. Ancient Romans used holly as decor during Saturnalia, a festival dedicated to Saturn, god of agriculture and husbandry. Over time, many customs from pagan celebrations were incorporated by Christians into their religious holidays. For a period, ivy was banished as decor by Christians due to its ability to grow in shade, which led to its association with secrecy and debauchery. Nevertheless, the custom of decorating with holly and ivy during Christmas holidays was eventually accepted. Religious meaning was later attributed to the physical properties of holly. In particular, its sharp leaves were said to symbolize Christ's crown of thorns and its red berries, the blood he shed. Today, holly and ivy are still used in celebration of modern Christmas. They are often used in the creation of Christmas wreaths and other trimmings. While belief in their mystical powers may have dissipated, nonetheless, they remain beautiful decorations for the holiday home. So tell me, what traditions are you curious about? There are so many things that we do and we don't exactly know why. If there is anything that you're curious about and would like me to research and talk about on the podcast, please message me through my Instagram account at Folklore Friday. I hope to hear from you soon. Strangelings. Today we will be talking about the movie Gremlins, Gremlins 1, and Gremlins 2. The new batch. <laughs> and today I'm joined by my husband, Chris. Hello, everyone. And we just watched a YouTube, you know, those compilation videos of kids getting puppies for Christmas. And it was it was awesome. I loved it. It, it was, was pretty adorable, for sure. You get so, so excited. And to see a kid with a puppy. Oh, God. I kept making all these like noises like, oh, my God, and the whole time. But <laughs> when the kids cry, I, we both thought it was funny for some reason. <laughs> it's just it's interesting that they get the, such an intense emotion that suddenly it switches for them into crying. You know, it's like that happy cry. But <laughs> some of them, they're just like so intense. They're just bawling <laughs> yeah. over getting this puppy you know this initial surprise and you can see that then they're happy and then it just switches on them and they go sure boy it's it's funny to see for sure yeah because it to me it seems like a very mature emotion when i think about when are the times i've cried when i've been happy 
And the first thing that comes to mind is like our wedding. Well, that one, I think for kids, is just it. It's so overwhelming for them. They just don't know um, what to do them with themselves. And so they makes, start crying. <laughs> that does make sense. It's I've, like ne- I've never really cried at a happy event. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, that doesn't. That switch doesn't really happen. Well, you cried at me. our wedding. Not the <laughs> whole time. <laughs> I suppose there was a moment. Yeah. There was a, when we were dancing and our rehearsal dinner, you got up to thank everyone. You went, thank you, everyone. And then you went, Oh, this is really happening. And that was, oh, okay. yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. amazing. <laughs> and I, I made you cry. We both had our own vows. I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. But as a child, no. No. <laughs> not for puppies. Especially no. not for you, for puppies. Yeah, I was raised... My mom raised Labradors and later Labradoodles for puppies. So when I think of puppies, they were, they were around all the time. So I think of the work like puppies not surviving the birth and poop and pee so no somebody giving me a puppy would never make me like oh my gosh i'm like all the work i have to do i'll get you one of these times but we did have people that were picking out puppies for christmas and that was really cute because they would always tell us oh we're gonna put a bow on him or we're gonna put him in a little box with a lid it's a big trend and now that you can um and we didn't we never got any video reactions because back that was like in the 90s so camera phones weren't like a thing but now you have the ability to like record moments like that and it's 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 a big big trend and and i think it's been going on for years because in gremlins that's how billy gets gizmo and billy's like right is he in his kind 20s of presented or almost like a new here's your new puppy and right. it's this cute little creature that's got a shh ton of baggage <laughs> behind it yeah and even when he gives it dangerous to dangerous baggage like, don't shake it don't shake it which don't is shake like it. also here three rules and yeah yeah don't do this don't do this <laughs> classic gremlins yeah and loving parents who are about to give him you're gonna like this no 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 don't shake it we're gonna have to open it now won't wait till christmas the most unusual gift he ever got what is it no it's your new pet Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever, mischievous, What's going on here? and dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. So we're going to talk about Gremlins today. Gremlins 1 and... Gremlins 2, the new batch. <laughs> Okay, so first off, we're going to start, which is a little bit, if you haven't seen Gremlins, see it. It is, let's see, it was made in 1984. So how many years ago is that? 30, 
you can do quick math. 36. 36. Booyah. And it's, I, I, you were the first person that showed this to me when we were, I don't know if we, I think we were married. I think it was in our first apartment and I, I couldn't believe I hadn't seen it because I love this movie. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's sort of, um, it's barely a holiday movie and <laughs> slightly a horror movie while still being a comedy all at the same time. So it's, it falls into the, all these different kinds of categories and is not, none of those things while being all of them. Exactly. And it's my favorite kind of horror. It's comedy horror. So it's not going to, you know, leave you with nightmares at the end, but it is so much fun. Okay. Gremlins is a 1984 American comedy horror film written by Chris Columbus and directed by Joe Dante. The story follows a young man who receives a strange creature called a mogwai as a pet, which then spawns other creatures who transform into small destructive evil monsters that all wreak havoc on a whole town on Christmas Eve. It draws on the legends of folkloric mischievous creatures that caused malfunctions, called gremlins, in the British Royal Air Force going back to World War II. So we're going to give you some Gremlins movie facts. So this is for the, just the first Gremlins? Or what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these are from the uh, first Gremlins movie, the one made in 1984, the original. So the film's script went through a few drafts before a shooting script was finalized. The first version was much darker than the final film. Various scenes were cut, including one which portrayed Billy's mother dying in her original struggle with the gremlins, with her head being thrown down the stairs when Billy arrives. Director Joe Dante later explained the scene made the film darker than the filmmakers wanted. Okay, I can't imagine. That that would change the whole... It becomes a very different movie <laughs> at that point, for sure. <laughs> this is a movie that... In a little different rating level. Yeah, like, that would make it an It's R. sort of like a scary movie for older kids, is kind of how I see Gremlins. Yeah. For, you know, it's a good scary mm-hmm. movie for adults, too, but it's not so jarring. But if you're starting to kill the main character's yeah. mom and throw the head down the stairs, it, it, it changes it quite a bit. So I see why they might have made that cut. See, this is something that's kind of fun that you would watch with maybe kids that are in junior high or in high school, um, only because there's references to Santa Claus. And so warning on that if you're like yeah let's watch it with the kids well you know what i mean they tell you if santa claus is or isn't and so this movie's so much fun that would completely change it and i would have hated it yeah very (laughs) different there was also a scene where the gremlins ate billy's dog i'm gonna stop right there okay humans okay humans can be bad but an innocent animal even if it's an animal that like attacks people it doesn't know any better. It hasn't been trained. So when you kill a dog, you know, that website does the dog die. Oh, it makes it 10 times worse for me. <laughs> so there was also a scene where the gremlins ate Billy's dog and a scene where the gremlins attacked at McDonald's. Okay, now that would have been cool, actually. Eating customers instead of burgers. I didn't finish the sentence. That's horrible. <laughs> Oh, man. Also, instead of Stripe being a mogwai, who is a specific mogwai who turns into a gremlin, 
there was originally no Mogwai named Striped. Rather, Gizma was supposed to transform into Stripe, the gremlin. <gasps> that that would have changed it. Spielberg overruled the plot element as he felt Gizmo was cute and that audience would want him to be present throughout the film. Which was a great decision. Super good decision. Steven Spielberg is a wise, wise filmmaker. Yeah. Oh, man. And okay, I'm going to give you a little background in case you haven't seen the movie. Gizmo is the Mogwai. And then if they get wet or if they if if he gets wet, you're not supposed to get him wet. All these blah, 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 things come out of his back and, and they transform into other Mogwais. Who's in that jar? Nothing, just water. Why are you One, two, three, four, five million. Mogwai. A little furry, so still somewhat cute mogwais. Mm-hmm. They're, they're cute then, and they're fun. if they eat after midnight, they turn into these nasty gremlins, hairless creatures like reptile too. Looking reptile things. things that are just out to wreak havoc. And they're, and they're bigger than a mogwai. They're really strong. And they're just, yeah, like it's that little monsters. They're little nasty things. Horrible little things. And so. And if those ones get wet, then they immediately spawn more, more gremlins. nasty gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. And so Gizmo is freaking adorable he's the most adorable little character and he continues to stay good and wonderful and innocent and tries to help them throughout the film so background on that so a famous urban legend is referenced in the film in which kate reveals in a speech that her father died at christmas when he dressed as santa claus and broke his neck while climbing down the family's chimney yikes god it was so horrible The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. The firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. After the film was completed, the speech proved to be controversial, to say the least, and the studio executives insisted upon its removal because they felt it was too ambiguous as to whether it was supposed to be funny or sad. Joe Dante, the director, stubbornly refused to take the scene out, saying it represented the film as a whole, which had a combination of horrific and comedic elements. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve, his arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck, died instantly. And that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. Spielberg did not like the scene, but despite his creative control, he viewed gremlins as Dante's project and allowed him to leave it in. Uh, a parody of this scene is featured in Gremlins 2, the new batch. Okay, let's talk about this scene for a second. I thought it was brilliant. And 
the first time I saw it, I had those same reactions. I was like, am I supposed to feel sad about this? Yeah, it's Because it's so ridiculous. This slower, different moment, this film sort of slows down so that she can tell this really terrible story about how her father died and how she discovered him. And when she tried to go make a fire and she a few days later because okay. her father had just been missing and then she and the poor thing the smell yeah she's like it. and then i noticed the smell she nails it she freaking nails it that would be so hard to do because it's just a little ridiculous because of course she shouldn't get in the chimney that's a bad idea and he had presence too he was in a, oh gosh just like it was it was so perfectly done and if they had taken that scene out, it would have ruined it because earlier in the film, um, Billy's like, hey, isn't Christmas great or something like that? And she goes, I don't celebrate Christmas. And then like quickly kind of like walks like fastly away from him. And he's like, well, why not? It's so great. Just like stupid and completely oblivious that obviously there's a reason why. Yeah. Did you ever get depressed on Christmas? I don't celebrate Christmas. What are you Hindu or something? No, I just don't like to. Well, what's not to like? I mean, it's a lot of fun, you know? God! Say you hate Washington's birthday or Thanksgiving and nobody cares, but say you hate Christmas and everybody makes you feel like you're a leper or something. And by the end of this movie, she has another really good reason <laughs> to never celebrate Christmas. <laughs> Just things not so lining true. up for her on Christmases. But that kind of ambiguousness of it to where you want to feel bad. But at the same time, you think, did that guy get a Darwin Award? Because holy crap, what a bad idea. I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was brilliant because that's what this movie is. It's a horror film, but it's a com it's comedic. And so there's this thing that's happening that it's it's kind of horrifying that her dad died that way, but it's incredibly ridiculous and funny. <laughs> so, and it's funny when they sort of comment on it in the second film. Oh, yeah. She starts to go into another. She's like, it was my birthday. It was Lincoln's was, birthday. Oh, don't Lincoln's birthday. That's Lincoln's what it was. Birthday. Lincoln's birthday. Don't mention it. And they're like, we don't have time for this. And she's like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And it's perfect. She starts going on this monologue. There was the man and he was dressed just like Abraham Lincoln. And she's getting into it. They've got the music cued. And then Billy, who is now in a relationship with her, like comes up behind her and says that we, we got to go. They're going to kill us. <laughs> Lincoln didn't get Please. What's wrong? Oh, don't mention Lincoln. Something terrible happened to me when you were on Lincoln's birthday. I was six or seven, and I remember I had the day off from school, and Mom had let me go to the park. And this man with this honey, beard um, and a hat looked just like Abe Lincoln. Honey, I really don't think you've got time raincoat. for this now, you know? He, I remember, come oh, on. God. He said, hello, little girl. Honey, come on. And I thought it was genius. Okay. So going back to Gremlins 1, Gremlins was released into North America. North America? Gremlins was released into North American theaters on June 8th, 1984, the same day as Ghostbusters. Woo. The first one. Gremlins ranked second with 12.5 million in its first weekend, 1.1 million less than Ghostbusters. By the end of its American screenings on November 29th, it had grossed, I don't know, that's a huge number. It looks like 148 million around domestically. domestically. This made it fourth highest grossing film of the year behind Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. All great movies. This looked like a lot of competition. <laughs> 
So since Gremlins had an international audience, different versions of the film were made to overcome uh, cultural barriers. Howie Mandel, who did the voice of Gizmo, learned to speak his few intelligible lines, such as in various languages, including German. Regional music and humor were also incorporated into foreign language versions. So there's different scenes where, let's say, the gremlins are they're dressed up and they're kind of caroling outside this woman's house. And so that if you listen closely, it's like a version of English. And so in different wherever the movie was set, wherever they were sending it to the box office, they made sure that there were versions that fit that region. And I think I, I was listening to the commentary and it took him like something like 27 weeks to record all of the different versions because he did so many different languages. And even the sounds like, OK, as Americans, we might go, hmm, Ooh, ah, those are all things that we kind of understand that that reaction is. But in different languages, those are going to be different sounds. So he even had like language coaches <laughs> tell him how to react in Chinese and, and German. When we might say, ooh, they might say something completely different that I don't even know how to mimic. But <laughs> and I guess that was just the first one. I didn't look up about the second one. The first one, um, Gremlins 1, has a 78% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And an 85% on the tomato meter for critics. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's real good. Especially for critics. They just love to hate stuff. But yeah, that's really good. I want to look up how... Let's look at Gremlins 2. And Gremlins 2 was still pretty well received, but not as much as uh, the first one. That came out in 1990 gremlins to the new batch and got a 71 percent on the tomato meter which is still good but only a 57 percent audience score so audiences didn't seem to like it as much i like that one i really like quite it. a bit i so gremlins 2 was really interesting because they had a lot of different kinds of gremlins in it different versions because they get into a lab and it has all these interesting different things that happen to the gremlins i agree with you i really like the second one the second one has a lot of good things going for it that i thought were very interesting including the numerous different kinds of gremlins that show up in that from an, an electric one to one that is super smart a bat like one a spider one a female one so it has all these different <laughs> cool new gremlins that i thought really added to the overall just you know approach to the movie whereas the other one was just basically these things were really bad and there's this leader stripe who's sort of at the head of it mm -hmm. yeah i agree there's one fact i forgot to mention in the facts that we were listening and i didn't look it up but I've, I've heard it now quite a few times in the research i was doing is that this movie helped to create the pg-13 rating there was a couple other films that were being released that year that weren't quite pg but they didn't seem strong enough to be rated r and this was the this was the second movie that kind of fit into that middle ground so they helped create the pg-13 rating you ever wonder that when you watch movies from the 80s it's like, oh, it's PG. And you're like, why is there this full on 
chest scene, like a bare <laughs> naked lady from the from like the waist up. Like what is it, sixteen candles? There's like a lady, uh, like a, t- a supposed teenager showering, and they're just looking at her like, "Geez, I wish I had boobs like that." It's like another girl. That was because this rating didn't exist. I mean, I don't think that should be in a PG thirteen. But then again, Titanic was PG thirteen. Right. Yeah. I mean, okay. where they're just they're they're dabbling, but they're not going so hardcore as <laughs> yeah. R rating. So it, it's good that it got created. Cause I think it gave people a better idea of like, you know, well, because it means parent guidance for children. Right. Mm-hmm. 13 younger. And in this movie, it's there's there's no reason to have it be rated R. I think one character died in the first one, but everybody hated her. So it really set you up to dislike her. She was kind of like a Scrooge and she's just not good. She reminded me of the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz because she wanted to get rid of (laughs) Billy's dog. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, I'll come back for it and I'll get rid of that dog. And I was like, is this the same lady? I think it is. (laughs) Because she kept saying stuff like, I'm going to make something and and poison it and would say it to his face out in public. No shame. (gasps) Oh, my God. That just reminded me. Okay. Side story. Chris and I hang out with Cecily and Nathan, who, if you've listened before, have been on the podcast. And they said that someone in their complex, in their condominium complex, has been was poisoning squirrels. What was she doing? She was going out with peanut butter and like rat poison, poison, putting it in the peanut butter and leaving little dobs of it. What do you call it out there for squirrels to eat? And somebody caught her. And this is like in our town. This and this town is is pretty liberal and pretty animal loving. She's like a human gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> it's just terrible. But somebody caught a video of her and blasted it on social media on like our local newspaper. And so now she's blackballed. Thank God. Anyhow, random story. Okay. So the PG-13 rating. Isn't that awesome? Because this is this is exactly what I would want to watch with teenagers or junior high kids. But being like, oh, it's rated R. It therefore takes it away from... It's, it's like a pretty family-focused film and all the violence isn't crazy but there's okay let's talk a bit about gremlins one okay one of the best parts there's just scenes where it's one character versus a bunch of gremlins and the mom instead of dying she has this awesome like jamie lee curtis like scene where she's fighting like 20 gremlins and god what happens she's in her kitchen the best part is she microwaves one yeah, of them <laughs> just a microwave one of them yeah and you just see it like explode and then another one oh yeah the dad in the in the movie he he's like an inventor and he has all these weird like inventions so her kitchen is just full of all this like random crap that you learn what it is throughout the film and she ends up using some of it to just like kill these gremlins because they're terrible <laughs> like wrecking her house they and he find instead of killing the dog which we learned about earlier he's looking for his dog he's like where is he and the i'm pretty sure it's like a, a stuffed animal or something but they tied the dog up who's it's like hanging not by its neck but by its body with like christmas lights like outside in the snow <laughs> so he has to like how how did this happen i do love the actor he's he's very like innocent the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> But I don't know. What were some 
I like so that scene was my favorite. And then I liked when the girl is in the bar and it's right. filled with gremlins and she keeps serving them and, and she's giving trying them to give them drinks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. and then <laughs> to light a cigarette for one of them but they don't like bright lights that's one of the rules oh, right one of the three rules which is keep them out of bright light including sunlight because it'll kill them never get them wet and don't let them eat after midnight when that after midnight time <laughs> actually finishes no one's really sure let's maybe call it uh dawn when the right. sun comes back because it's like what from so from 12 to 2 they're can't eat from 12 exactly. to sunrise what are we what no, are we talking about here 12 to noon yeah there's this whole and they they end up making fun of that in the second one what if they're eating in an airplane and they cross a time zone i mean it's always midnight somewhere <laughs> which is really great in the second one they make fun of a lot of things that kind of like happen in the first one like the like plot holes and stuff but yeah, I, I yeah, I love the bar scene because there's like one is singing the blues, you know, because right. they all put on like little costumes. Other ones are playing poker. There's all this really kind of intricate stuff happening among this chaos. And that's what makes it the best movie. Yeah, is that these gremlins are still somewhat intelligent. So they're able to do these things. And I don't know how they be got so intelligent. Maybe they just <laughs> were able to pull it from Gizmo, the original creator. And that's where it's all from. But yeah, it's fun to watch them get be in these situations, just doing sort of silly things. And there's a lot of that in Gremlins 2 also of just like doing sort of scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, so what's fun about Gremlins 2 is Billy and Phoebe, is her name Phoebe or is that the actress' name? I don't know, whatever her name is. They moved to New York City. So it used to be this cute, picturesque, like, postcard town. And now they're in New York, New York in the 80s. Uh, and so he works at this, like, high-tech building, high-tech in the 80s. So that's fun. And she works there, too. And she gives tours on on the building and is always explaining, oh, everything is climate-controlled and blah, blah, blah. And there's a part where he's sitting at his desk and the lights go off and he's talking to her on the phone. He's like, oh, lost power. And she goes, no, they're just trying to conserve energy because you, you stop moving around and it, it seems like you've left. So just move around. And I... I had classrooms like that in, in college where yeah, rooms like that too, where yeah. it would go dark. Yeah. And so, cause I was, I had this one-on-one -on -one with a professor and she was just giving me notes on, you know, something I'd written and she goes, Oh, this always happens. And that was the first time. And so we had to like move around in our seats and like wave our arms in the air. And then, and then the lights turn back on. But another thing that's fun about the fact that they're in a building is because Gizmo ends up getting to that building because some people capture him. And in the building, there's this like genetics lab and they're experimenting on animals. And that's where we get all those fun, unique, different kinds of gremlins because they're just, you know, drinking stuff they shouldn't be drinking and and 
that injecting themselves with stuff and turning into all these fun, different, unique gremlins, including a smart gremlin who's able to actually speak like a normal person and have a good speech with a bit of a kind of a classy accent to him. Oh yeah, it's perfect. I'll definitely, I'll put in a clip, but. Fred, what we want is, I think, what everyone wants and what you and your viewers have, civilization. Yes, but uh, what sort of civilization are you speaking of, creature? The niceties, Fred, the fine points, diplomacy, compassion, standards, men. And, and what's, it's, they just, they take this original concept and they blow it up, like Chris was saying, that's like some of the reasons why it was, hit, you know, like the second one was really fun. And I like the concept that all of this happens in a building because mostly in in horror stories or in in horror movies a lot of scary things happen in houses and it's more focused on residential community areas but not commercial type places which is why i liked poltergeist 3 a lot because it broke that mold you're right and that was in a building yeah it was in they had an apartment in a building and so all of this crazy stuff happens in the building and we were watching a comedian not that long ago and like, oh, I forget his name. I'll plug it in here and post. But he was talking about, I'm not a homeowner and I'm okay with that because here's what movies have taught me. I don't want to buy a house. I live by myself and I'm scared of ghosts. <laughs> I've seen enough movies to know that ghosts only haunt houses. <laughs> not one bedroom apartments. Yeah. And that was comedian Jimmy Yang. <laughs> like it's really true if you look at like the like the structure of horror films. Not a lot happens in buildings, and I would I I would like to see more of it because I've lived in a bunch of apartments, and it's just it's it's a fun concept. Something else that was weird because it's definitely dated. You can tell that it's in the eighties. Is one of the characters? It's his coworker. And she just lights up a smoke as she's talking to him. And it's just that whole flashback of, oh, my God, do you remember? That's what it used to be like. There was you could smoke at work in your little cubicles and it was fine. Just anywhere you want. I mean, the one of the fun things, I mean, Gizmo does this in the first one, but he gets even more intense in the second one, which is that he starts to fight back. And so like in the first one, he he's driving and trying to get at Stripe a little bit more and take him down. But in the second one, he kind of takes on this Rambo persona, which is just <laughs> super fun to see him. So in. And it's good. like, oh, I guess they just pushed him too far. Oh, yeah. And it's just this cute little thing, but he's just got this sort of like yeah intensity about them they're just like oh god yeah they they pushed him too far yeah because they like they're dicks to him they take him and then like they throw him in an air vent and so he has this kind of macgyver moment where he's taking pencils and rubber bands and and paper clips and he has a red headband and he like makes a like a bow and arrow with like a pencil and rubber band it's amazing i do really like it a lot (laughs) so in this one gizmo kind of finds his way into this building and then Billy goes and saves him from this genetics lab. Uh, I mean, some things happened before that, but then he accidentally, of course, as he would gets wet and so creates a few more. And then Billy's girlfriend played by Phoebe Cates finds 
one of them and mistakes it for Gizmo because he's like, oh, take that, take Gizmo home. And so she takes it home. And then Billy finally gets (laughs) home and he's like, that's not Gizmo. We need to get back to the building and find and and see if there's any more of these and find Gizmo. (laughs) Hey, where did you find this guy? In your office, what you said. This is not Gizmo. And they like put it in a bag and get ready to take it back. And if that was me <laughs> and I came back and I knew that that wasn't Gizmo, I would be like, this is not Gizmo. I don't know, broken its neck right there. Oh I would have ended <laughs> that little monster Sorry. creature because it's going to try to turn into Gremlin, which is exactly what it did. Yeah, but it's I, like they've come across this before. Like what, they know what yeah, happened. First time ha- that happening, you're like, oh, what? Oh no! I guess we'll try to raise these ones too. But why, once you see it happen again, yeah, then you, you be like you, you, you find it and you end those things right yeah. there, then and there. Because Gizmo is wonderful and sweet, and the other ones, like every time he multiplies, there's like an accident, like something has spilled on him, and all of those little, I don't know, like mutants, they're never good. Even when they're in Mogways, they're the ones that like you know tied up the dog. They were in Gremlin form and. Even before he comes home, the the little thing is like, yeah, taking things out of the fridge, crazy. He's ruining eyes are it, spinning because he's just this cuckoo yeah, like, crazy ah, one. And uh, even the character Billy's like, this one is wired, and it, like, well, I guess we'll, yeah. What are you gonna do? Take care of him? His whole point is he's gonna try to turn into like a crazy. But a <laughs> nice like, Chris was so funny when he talked about it. If that were me, I would just <laughs> mid sentence. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> Let's go get Gizmo. Like when we watched it, he just played out this whole thing. But another nice thing about that is that there's that that older guy and his wife and they go to visit Billy in New York. And so, of course, then they're in the situation again. And this guy thought he was crazy when the first time he saw a gremlin because it like uh-huh. took like a tractor through his home or whatever. And now he's like, oh, they're real. And he gets pretty badass to him, goes oh, in, yeah. <laughs> tra- finds his way into the building to fight them. And you're just like, good for that guy. Yeah. Way to go, man. Just, to, he, just owning it. And he's like, nope, they were real. And I'm going to end this right, right here. It's so he's good. Saying, Cause he goes, I wasn't crazy. And he looks at his wife. I wasn't crazy. And then he does. He tur- like, he goes into the building and at that, at this point, there's like, I don't know, hundreds of them. Yeah. yeah. Like around 500 and they're just like taking over this whole building. Oh, so it's so fun. fun. I mean, there's a lot of great aspects to both movies and the second movie sort of uh, ups it, the, the silliness a bit to it. And so I could see why people might have not felt as quite connected as the first one. The first one's got this very solid base to it, which is makes it just really wonderful movie overall. So Gremlins, one awesome great movie and gremlins 2 is just more of the a lot of the fun things that were plugged into the first one so i just i thoroughly enjoy both both of them yeah same here it was super fun and because the first one happens on christmas eve i just like it I, it got me in the mood i was like oh let's watch gremlins <laughs> so, okay and as we exit there is one thing i will mention do you remember furbies Creepy little dolls would talk to you if you're if you weren't raised in the 90s. Look it up. So Furbies, if you've noticed, they look incredibly similar to Mogwais. Almost exactly the same, yeah. just without arms and legs. Exactly. Yeah. So um, Warner Brothers 
realized that they were kind of making Hasbro was making a killing and selling these weird little dolls. And so they approached them with lawyers and said, you can't do that. That's our intellectual property. And so and they sent them a very clear statement of like a side by side picture. And it was like, you will not win if we go to court and you know it. So Hasbro gave them a very large settlement and they never went to court because of that. And then a couple of years later, they came out with the gizmo Furby, which right. is basically a Furby with arms. <laughs> right. And looks like it's too different from what they were already <laughs> making, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, super adorable. I mean, the ears are a little bit different, but it's still, yeah. And the way they talk, it, it's so freaking clearly like a Mogwai. They they talk with high little voices and they have kind of like Furby, Furbish, I think it's actually called Furbish language, which is incredibly similar to how Gizmo sounds. Yeah, he's so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Billy. Bye, Billy. It's like, oh my God, he sounds so good. The thing that we've been quoting is he, he's like, Let's go home and watch some TV. Let's and then he's TV. like, he's asking him if they have cable and as they're walking away. Gizmo just keeps saying all these <laughs> channels. <laughs> MTV. <laughs> Showtime. It was just, it's the best. Do it again. <laughs> Showtime. <laughs> HBO. HBO. It's so good. So. <laughs> yeah. Voiced by Howie Mandel. Isn't that, that was I did not know that until we looked at the, up some of these facts just recently. That one surprised me. That, that was insane. That I mean, did, I guess he was me a lot. young guy then and just doing some work here and there. But yeah, Howie because Mandel. <laughs> I listened to the commentary and he was on the commentary and I thought I would recognize his voice, but it was also like recorded in the 90s. I don't know. It's kind of crazy to see how people get their start. But yeah. Super fun. Ah. Uh, I loved it. Thank you so much for joining us for for this episode. Check them out. They're it's great Christmas so movies. Much fun. They're maybe not the Christmas movies you might be used to as far as right. Christmas movies. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of in that Home Alone <laughs> feel almost. Yes, to I would it. say so. And that kind of like a dabble in a little bit of uh -huh. action comedy <laughs> kind of, but all still centered around Christmas a little bit there. Yeah. And it's a situation you got to get out of. So you work together with your neighbors and your loved ones. It's perfect. I freaking love it. <laughs> so if you have any suggestions, let us know, please, please. Um, I can't think of any off my head, but we'll, we'll be back for more. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I, I pull his leg a lot or arm pulls arm. Is that what you say? Pull leg, pull your arm. No, <laughs> that's like if you're joking, with joking someone? with someone, twist your arm, twisting my arm. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I got it. Okay, <laughs> that's like, what are you pulling my leg? <laughs> well, happy holidays, everyone, and we'll see you again. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, my little strangelings. I hope you join us next time. Scare you later.